Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Science, Technology and Environment Conversations. Let's welcome Makoma, who is uh, the director of Earth Life Africa, um, a civil society, environmental justice and anti-nuclear organization. Makoma, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Good evening and good evening to Lisa. We are talking about uh, the United Nations Climate Change Conference, COP, which is uh, currently underway. And it's one of those that we've been looking forward to because we have seen, and I don't think there's anyone who can dispute that uh, the climate has definitely changed. It's either getting extremely warmer, seasons are not, uh, you know, uh, turning the way we were expecting, uh, the rains are not falling the way we were expecting, uh, winter was a bit cold and other times very warm. So what are the key pointers that we have taken out from the climate change conference that's currently underway? Um, the conference just started on, on Sunday, but then there's um, a lot of questions around uh, inclusivity uh, of many people, particularly those from the southern countries who are unable to be physically um uh, present at the COP to influence and also to monitor and then um, uh, just, you know, see what their leaders are doing. And then um, this is due to, to COVID and also that uh, the UK government insisted that they want to have a, a physical summit. But then this summit is, is quite important. It is a critical summit for global action to limit temperatures to, to below 1.5 degrees. Although here in Africa, 1.5 is still too much, would rather say no temperature rise at all. And at this conference, um, there's, there's, there's different issues that come up, but uh, our expectation uh, of a successful uh, conference of, of the parties would be that um, we see those Northern countries um, commit to what they had promised at the Copenhagen Summit in 20, 2009, mobilize um, uh, funds, uh, about 100 billion per year by 2020, to support climate action in developing countries. And that is also to ensure that there's a move away from, from fossil fuels, particularly from coal in countries like South Africa. Now, I'm glad that uh, you touched on the issue of coal. Um, you know, Brabenzito was saying the first thing we should be asking you, is there going to ever be a solution to the load shedding we experience in South Africa? We see our power plants are still using old sources of energy, um, which are clearly not sustainable, but there are renewable energy sources that we could be using that could benefit the environment. Uh, I think one thing that we also have to take into consideration is that um, the load shedding, um, the, it may be seen as a technical issue. It may also be seen as um, that there are problems with coal-fired power stations. But the real um, issue around load shedding is um, ESCOM, blackmailing and dealing dirty tactics to South Africans so that South Africans can accept um, can accept uh, the, the dirty uh, energy that they want to introduce to the country. The more they continue using coal, is the more people in the Mpumalanga area are unable to breathe. People in the Val area are unable to breathe because these are coal 
areas and um, we, we have the health of the people in, in, in those areas. It's, it's very low and we know our health system also cannot cope with the kind of problems that we have. But coal, literally, it's what the uh, assessment report number six by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change uh, report have said that uh, we need to move away from coal. And that's why we see today there was an announcement of about um, 8 billion brains that uh, is given to South Africa by different countries so that South Africa can move away from coal-generated electricity towards a low-carbon development and just transition. So they're giving money for South Africa to transition from using coal to using um, other renewable energy sources. And those renewable energy sources are untapped, they are abundant, it's just that we need a political will to invest in that. And we hope that uh, the announced um, concessional uh, grant or loan finance that is given to South Africa would be used towards really moving away from, from coal and investing much more in renewable energy technologies like a solar, like a wind, and they're also investing more in batteries that could be able to allow South Africans to, to have access or to have electricity. And that is one of the sustainable development goals that South Africa has signed to or committed to that South Africans would have adequate um, electricity or energy to use on an everyday basis. Now, you know, I wish that things were so easy, as you have put it. In just a couple of lines, it seems that we mm. can get rid of load shedding, but clearly uh, we need higher powers to commit to, to such issues. Um, from mm. the, the, the COP26 um, conference that's currently underway, do you think that uh, the powers that be in South Africa, uh, from ministers uh, to CEOs of ESCOM and the likes, would be able to come in and action this renewable energy sources that are so abundant and and are so much better for our environment? Um, if you see throughout the negotiations, there have been commitments that have been made. And one of the commitments is uh, South Africa has committed itself to the Paris Agreement. And um, what they have said that um, they, 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 they have committed themselves and also through their commitment, they have voluntarily decided and also said that uh, they will re- reduce emissions by a certain amount and a certain year and they have communicated this to the United Nations Framework um, Convention on Climate Change in the form of nationally determined contributions. So that means that the country has committed itself whether the Department of Mineral Energy and Resources or Department of Fisheries and Forestry all the departments across are committing themselves to reducing um, the greenhouse gas emissions and that's why we have mitigation and the adaptation plans together with what sort of finance and technology would be used so that um, we can reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And so that means that uh, we are committing ourselves to ensuring that we adapt or we we explore technologies that um, would allow people to have continuous uh, access to electricity. It's not a train smash. It's something that's easy. For, for as long as there are commitments that the country has made, so that means all the departments have got to follow, and ordinary people also will have to support and uh, monitor and ensure that there's, there's implementation of that. So load shedding can be something of the past, 
and um, as long as we take uh, decisions that are, are linked with the reality of the people and use the technology that would be able to ensure that people have got electricity. So this load shedding, for some of us, it's man-made. It's not something that um, cannot be over overcome. We can overcome electric, uh, load shedding, and then um, this is what South Africans should be asking themselves. Every time there's a major um, a, 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 or there's, there's, an, a, there's an announcement of uh, particular energy sources to be put into the grid or to be used, then we see this when the UPCC was announced, there was load shedding. So South Africans were rushing to say, yes, we need energy security. And that's how we got Ndupi and Kusile. And later around 2014-2015, we had another state of load sharings because South Africa was saying we need to uh, build or to construct nuclear energy reactors. And then we, 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 were, we were experiencing a lot of load sharing. And now lately, load sharing is because of uh, the foiled car power ships announcement and uh, that the Department of Mineral and Energy are saying that we need energy security and this gas from these ships would be able to uh, complement the energy security that we need in the country. But then we see because of the treasure that has been applied, we see that now um, there has been an announcement of um, renewable energy um, power uh, producers uh, last week. And, and that tells us that uh, we could have done this long ago because all these companies that had, were bidding to, 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 to put energy into the grid have waited for so long. And uh, why now lately because of uh, the COP coming, then we get this um, being approved. So there's a lot of shenanigans taking place. And that's why it needs all of us as South Africans to be part of decision-making processes and ensuring that um, some of the legislation that we have, uh, the policies that we have, what the country has committed itself internationally is really put into place. A-teamers, please join in on this conversation. Very pertinent one. Uh, we are talking about uh, some of the key takeaways that, that uh, you know we can um, take from uh, the COP26 that just started on the 31st of October, which is uh, the Sunday that just passed. Yes, it's still underway. However, there are some expectations and there have been some pointers made. But one that is touching and very close to home is that of load shedding. We are speaking to Makoma, who is the director of Earth Life Africa. Please call in on 011-714-2006 to give us your thoughts or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Makoma, I'm, I'm looking at the announcement that has been made of $8.5 billion US dollars in partnership uh, that was mm. announced at COP26 today. And I'm sure a lot of people would be very ecstatic around this because it will help us uh, to, you know, get over the coal, mm-hmm. uh, the coal saga that is also very uh, harmful for our environment. However, there are some reservations from organizations uh, such as yourself at Earth Life Africa. Mm. Um, it's not really re- uh, reservations. I think one thing is um, we live in a democratic country and uh, there is a need for for transparency. But one thing for us, I think we're saying that uh, uh, we we welcome the deal. It sends a very strong and important political message of both acknowledgement of the northern countries who have been polluting for quite a long time um, uh, of their climate debt and also their obligation to support developing countries. And for South Africa, 
um, to support South Africa to transition away from coal. But also, this also affirms that South Africa is a country with the potential political will to transform its economy through a just transition for workers and economies. And uh, because this is a political deal, um, I think it sends a very strong message, like I said, that uh, uh, we need a political will you know, to be able to do things and to make sure that South Africans have, um, have electricity. But one thing is that this, how we see that this, this deal is a, is a step forward and um, that um, South Africa may need much more of what uh, this, this, the amount proposed in this bill so that we can be able to achieve a just transition to a zero-carbon economy. Some of the concerns that we have around uh, this, this, this announcement is that we need much more detail on the terms of the deal um, to establish whether this finance is, is, is adequate or sufficient for, 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 the, for us to be able to move from, from the transition. And also, we are aware that um, um, the devil is, is on the details because we don't have details for now. But uh, the questions that we have is, Actually, um, how does the deal commit South Africa to a new debt? Um, what are the terms of this deal? And uh, because this is a concessional, a concessional finance, what is the nature of the concessionality? What is the grant equivalent of the deal? And um, we also are asking if this deal provides for the establishment of a just transition fund for workers and uh, for people who are living around coal communities. And um, also how much of this money would be used for projects on the ground? Um, would this be used administratively and just for politicking? And uh, who will manage this funds? We know that um, we are a country that has this um, disease of corruption. So we need this um, uh, transparency on, on, on this uh, on this deal. If we don't have transparency, then I think um, we just will find ourselves in, in real trouble. We have seen some of the stories that came out of uh, the Zondo Commission, and I'm just wondering, those who have been found guilty, have they been arrested? Is there any action taken around them? And uh, if this amount of money comes in the country, isn't it taking us back to the trap of seeing... Um, uh, uh, this amount or this money being abused and not used exactly for what it's supposed to be and lending in people's uh, pockets or being used for, for different activities that are not related at all to a, a transition towards a, a low-carbon economy. So, and one thing that we're suggesting um, is that we feel that there's a need for, for continuous reporting, at least quarterly, um, from those donor countries and from the South African uh, uh, government to say how is the money being used and what is, the, is that being used for. Let's see the figures um, because there's a presidential climate change commission that I think can uh, have an oversight on, on how the finance is allocated and spent in South Africa. Most definitely. We look forward uh, to um, hearing the rest of uh, the keynotes that come out from uh, uh, COP26. And hopefully uh, when these funds uh, do reach our shores, they will be um, dispersed to the correct places and there will be transparency. Makoma, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you. And thank you to your listeners for 
tuning in.